Hey, Lucky Star. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because we've said it before, but we really mean it now, not a lot of it makes sense. No, it really doesn't. (laughs) And all you can do is hold on to your surfboard and ride the wave. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what I'm doing. Yeah, I have a boogie board. Do you? I used to love boogie boarding when I was a kid. Uh, I don't think I really did that when I was a kid, actually, but we weren't really beach people. No, you guys were like camping people. We were, yeah. We were like going to lakes. You were lake people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, growing up in San Diego, you're definitely a beach person. Yes. Yeah. Beaches and skis were not a thing that we did growing up. Well, we didn't do much skiing either. I mean... Jews from San Diego. <laughs> right. Not a lot of skiing is involved. Um, but basically what we're putting off is the inevitable conversation of what is going on in the world right now. But first, should we introduce ourselves? Sure. So who the hell are you? I am Angel Lopez. You I are? am an astrologer. I'm a writer and I am a film producer. And you? I am Brandon Alter. I am a healer. I am a teacher. I am a writer and I'm a light worker. You are working lights these days, my love. Girl, now's the time. Yeah, we are all just trying to be rays of light here, blasting them out into the universe for people to grasp onto and hopefully see through some of the darkness that is the current state of the world. Yeah, so we are going to do a check-in. And of course, this check-in is going to involve the state of the world as it is. Mm -hmm. And it might be a little supersized because we just wanted to talk about everything we have been feeling and try to look at the coronavirus, the quarantine, the state of anxiety and fear that everyone has been facing from both a personal perspective, but also through a spiritual lens, because Mm -hmm. everything is spiritual, y'all. Yeah, we'll try, uh, you know, not to get too heavy, because got to keep the balance. Mm -hmm. And we're here to try and offer you a sense of calm, a sense of peace. Which is totally possible in these times. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things that Angel and I really discovered over this last week, as things have gotten really hot and bothered in the global community that we all are a part of, is that there's one of two extremes people are leaning into. And one is the fear extreme, which certainly informs the like stockpiling and the fact that like you can't find a roll of toilet paper in Los Angeles to save your life. We tried. Um... So there's the fear, but then there's also the denial, which a lot of people are also leaning into. Like, this ain't going to affect me. Like, I'm going to live my life as normal. Yeah, I'm 20 years old. I'm healthy as can be. Leave me alone. I'm going to drink. So it's really interesting just to watch how people experience, and I'm not putting any judgment on either polarity, you know? No, because I think it's important to say we kind of went through... All of it ourselves. Yeah. Well, and Angel's Cancer Moon leans into fear and my Capricorn Moon leans into denial. So (laughs) we experience the polarity in our relationship. Yeah. So those were our conversations early on. Well, yeah. So basically, we kind of almost spent the last week in quarantine, really. Like we were uh, at your mom's place in Encinitas where we were dog sitting and house sitting and we kind of just stayed in the house for a few days. Yeah. And this was before it all kind of blew up. So we... 
we were just kind of having like a mini vacation, which we had planned anyways, because we were feeling super burnt out. And before the tarot class starts, we really just wanted to be in our full power. So we went down to San Diego for a couple of days. Yeah, I binged some TV. Brandon like went crystal mining. and Oh, yeah. If you saw on the Instagram <laughs> stories, I went to the Ocean View crystal mine where I had my 30th birthday. So I went back five years later and spent a beautiful day mining for crystals and you probably saw um, on Instagram too, I built a crystal grid out of all the crystals that I found out in Joshua Tree. And there were a lot of tourmalines and quartzes and an aquamarine that I found, which is really beautiful. So that was a lovely start to the week. Yeah. And I've uh, been prepping work on the next draft of my TV show, uh, my pilot script. So I was diving into um, just some pilot episodes from past TV shows. Um, He'd never seen... An episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show. No, I hadn't. Can you believe that? And now that I'm going to have some time, I can binge the whole series. Girl, you got a lot to watch. (laughs) Which I'm very excited And then you got the whole spinoff. You got Rhoda. Uh, Yeah, no, there's a... I can continue on my uh, trajectory of learning about uh, some great TV shows of the past that I missed. But basically, yeah, so we did that and then we moved on to Joshua Tree where we were for four days. Four days, three nights Mm -hmm. in this beautiful house right on the edge of the National Park. And I was able to go hiking right from the backyard. And it was stunning. And it was a very interesting place to kind of be watching everything unfold. And I took a full day away from my phone. And I have to say, one of the pieces of advice I want to give if you're willing to receive it is like mindful phone usage is tantamount no completely i agree in this time yeah like you need to be really intentional about what you're using your phone for and when you're using your phone and i even think i'm going to start setting like phone hours for myself like you know two hours in the morning two hours in the evening and like that's it like that's Mm -hmm. when i'll do my phone stuff and i'll probably throw in a check-in in the afternoon to because that is my cancer moon. (laughs) and i also think that you need to be really intentional about like what you're taking in right And again, Angel and I are opposite polarities here. Like Angel takes in too much and I probably take in too little because I just know that Angel will inform me. But like I read no news. I listen to no news. I watch no news. And part of the reason why I kind of have that set up for myself is because part of my job is to be grounded and centered and hold space for other people. And if I'm letting myself get all swirled up and anxiety that's being hand delivered to me from any news source, then I'm not as much of service as I want to be. But... Um, I think a lot of people get really addicted to the news. Yeah. And people get really addicted to the need to know because they think that if they know more, they'll be able to control more. Well, if I could just say also the need to spread. Mm-hmm. I think people want to know so that they can turn around and say, girl, know what I heard is heard. Yeah. There's like an, you know, there's a need to do that too. Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting. That's Twitter culture, right? Yeah. Well, look like, We have a viral culture and we're facing a global virus. Like there's something poetic about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I really believe like what's happening inside is what happens outside and that there's just a lot of mirroring going on. And so if you can understand that fear is also a virus and anxiety is also a virus, it spreads, it wants to feed on your energy, it wants to live your life. Mm -hmm. It's really important to take back your power and take back your life. Yeah. And I think it's interesting even just if you boil it down to social media, this is really an opportunity of like, what am I ingesting? What am I taking in? You know, who are the people that I'm out here following? 
and what are they feeding me? Totally. You know, like yeah. as I go on to my Twitter and just to sort of, yeah, see what's going on, I've found myself really unfollowing accounts. Um, not because I'm, I don't like what they have to say, but it's the tone. It's yeah. the, you know, it's the delivery of it that makes me realize like, oh, this isn't in balance with who I want to be and the energy that I want to experience in this world. I'm aware it's out there, but I don't necessarily need to confront it in this space or in any space. And granted, yeah, you have to be mindful of how much time you put into any of these things, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. But also it's like, well, who have I maybe allowed myself to follow because they post funny memes from now and then, you know, or whatever it is that's guided you there. But, you know, are they some, is it a necessary, you know, thing for you to have to even just invite into your daily, weekly, however many times you check life? Yeah. Is it empowering you or is it disempowering you? Truth. It's either one or the other. You right. can't walk in two directions at the same time. Yeah. So I think it's just a really good question for all of us. Like, at what point does a little bit of news empower us? And then where's the cutoff point to where it starts to disempower us? Yeah. But I know this is a really stressful time for people. And as Brandon said, you know, I mean, I've, I've talked about it on here before. I am a pretty anxious person. I've battled um, pretty severe anxiety in the past and have found ways to manage it. And so this past week has been really interesting for me, just as someone who who deals with that, uh, just to navigate all of this news and how it's affecting me. I know just from past experience that I very easily express anxiety through my physical well-being. I will cause myself so much stress and anxiety that I will start to feel pain in my body. I will manifest these feelings into actual physical symptoms. And so that's just been something for myself that I've had to be really mindful of and try to just breathe more deeply, uh, again, not pay attention to so much of it. And honestly, the whole isolation that we're in right now is actually incredibly helpful for me with it uh, because I'm also just incredibly susceptible to energy. And I think all a lot of us out there who experience anxiety or depression, sometimes we are just taking on the energy of the people that we come into contact with on a day-to-day -day basis. So this is really, this isolation time is an opportunity to really distance yourself from some of those things, whether it is, yeah, just social media or just some of those people who maybe you have to confront in your work life or what have you um, and try to use this time to almost rebalance your yourself. And I know that there's a lot of stress for people too right now around work and a lot of people are unable to, to go to work right now or probably anxious around how am I going to get my bills paid and all those things. And, you know, that's real. And we... Uh, definitely understand that some of y'all out there are probably caught up in just the the realistic stress of all of this beyond just the you know the sickness that's occurring. Um, so again, important to find ways to try to just calm yourself and 
you know, hopefully lean into the belief that, you know, things will find a way. Yeah. I think anxiety is really centered around the question, what's going to happen to me? It's all about the future. Yeah. So the key to releasing anxiety is coming back into the present. And I imagine that everybody listening to this podcast, at least for this present moment, has everything that they need. I don't know what you'll need in an hour. I don't know what you'll need in a week. But for right now, you have everything that you need. And if you can lean into that and then find trust or faith that you will be provided for when you need it, that you will always have everything you need. I mean, Angel and I, we say this prosperity prayer every night, and one of the lines is, allow me to trust that all my own needs will always be met in amazing ways. The more we future trip, the more our anxiety feeds. The more we come back into the present moment, the more we actually have power to create change over ourselves. So it's like, what are you doing right now? What are you going to do after this podcast? Are you going to take a bath? Are you going to take a walk outside? Are you going to spiral out of control? And this is the time when your spiritual skills, your spiritual unfolding is more important than ever. Because if you're not part of helping, collective, comforting, being a light, helping people out in the grocery store, kindness, you know, like you're part of the problem. Again, like I think it's at times like this, we're like, there's only two paths. We're either working together or we're working alone. So I know Angel and I feel very called just to like up our game and offer whatever we can at this time. So you'll find, you know, like guided meditations on our Instagram. Um, you know, we've got the new moon webinar, our tarot class. We're going to do everything we can to empower you guys with some of the tools that help us. Because I'm not an anxious person, but I used to be an anxious person. And it's through, you know, years of discipline with breath work or meditation or having a practice like tarot or shamanic journeying. Like these are things I turn to so that my anxiety doesn't become a wheel of shit that's picking up speed. Mm -hmm. And it's daily practice, you know? Yeah. When it's situations like this, really, that like test our faith, right? That like bring us to this question mark of... Is there something out there that's, you know, that's taking care of my well-being? That's like got me, got my back, you know? Like, I think it's easy to just kind of get swirled up in the like real world shit of it all. Yeah. Be like, we're fucked, we're doomed, you know? Like, Yeah, I was talking to a fuck? friend and I was like, what are you worried about? And he was like, I'm worried about social collapse. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, I hadn't even thought about that. And I don't really believe that that's a possibility. Because things fall apart into place. Mm. Mm -hmm. But it's really a lot about co-creating with spirit, with the compassionate cosmos, and with each other. Like, what is the story we want to we want to write? Yeah. And we talk a lot about change on this show. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot that we want to change. And I have to say, I think this is a really great platform for a lot of change. Because all of the environmental crises that seem so far off in quotation marks, you know what I mean? Like, we're facing something immediate right now. And it's global. We all have to work together. Yeah. And we're starting to see, like, what our priorities really are. And character is what happens under pressure. So we're starting to see the character of countries, the character of humanity. Like, what is coming out at this time? 
Yeah. And I think even like on a smaller scale, we're seeing the characters of like our own just like internal communities, right? Like totally. the people who in your life are reaching out and seeing how you're doing or just trying to say hello. Like it's really revealing, you know? And I think that that's also important. Like if you have a phone that has like video capability, then like FaceTime a friend, hang out, you know? Like find ways to connect with people and if you're feeling alone if you're feeling scared if you're feeling trapped you know like know that you have someone out there you can connect to and you know if you even still feel like you don't have that person like shit dm us dm us we'll do a we'll go on instagram live yeah we hang out in the vortex of the spirit room yeah totally but i think and we're gonna do a little bit of a cosmic update but i think right now community is something to really be paying attention to and what is how do you take responsibility for your role in your community and for the community that you have built for yourself and you know not just you know, letting others reveal, like you said, their character to you, but also reveal your character to others and be that one who is reaching out to to your friends who might be in need, to those people who you know might be more compromised or what have you. Um, you know, if you got friends who are in those like depressed, dark places and it's not you, then, you know, making sure you reach out like, hey, girl, what's up? You want to hop on FaceTime? <laughs> like, you know, like, let's have a key. Yeah. So what are three things you're going to do just to keep yourself in a grounded, trusting, centered place over the next couple of weeks? Well, I think for me, whether, well, I definitely am going to get outside mm-hmm. once a day. I think that's super important. I it's a little so challenging too. right now because we're having very rainy weather here. Oh my God, get out in that rain. <laughs> that's gorgeous. That is very true. I did but, that out in the desert. Yes, he did. Um but yeah, definitely want to do that. Connect with nature. Uh, I'm definitely going to have some sort of, you know, meditative practice, obviously, for myself. Um, but try to really give myself the space to do it uh, in a more meaningful way. It's interesting. Normally in the past, I usually have to like sometimes squeeze it in, you know, and now I don't have, I'm not going to do that. Uh And then I'd say probably the third thing is honor my creativity once a day, you know, let my child come out to play Um, because I think that fun and play is so important at this time too. What about you? I definitely think something I've not been doing in this last week is move my body. Mm. So whether that's some Pilates here at home or some yoga I mean, I do Qigong pretty regularly, but that's not quite the same thing as like going for a run or doing a bunch of push-ups, but I definitely need to be moving my body. Um, silent meditation, whether that's breath work or playing my crystal singing bowl and then sitting in the silence afterwards or just going outside and, you know, sitting for 20 minutes without any sort of visualization or intention, but just pure meditation. Um, and journeying, I received a very strong, I received many very strong messages from my spiritual support system that I need to be journeying every day. Um, but I actually wanted to share because when I was out in the desert, I took a journey on what is coronavirus trying to teach us. Mm. And I'd love to just share a little bit of what. Share it, girl. Because I really believe that everything is a teacher, you guys. Like everything has a medicinal quality to it. 
nothing is punishment. That's just my view of the universe, that there's no such thing as being punished. There's just teaching and there's healing in, in everything. So just some of the some of the teachings that came out of this journey. Um, so one of the things that happened in this journey is uh, I was engaging with the angelic realm a lot, which is not a realm that I usually engage with. But they kind of picked me up and I looked like a little like Christmas angel, like that you would put on the top of a tree. And they put me on top of this like big pine tree. And I had no legs. I was like entirely dependent on this tree. And so one of the things I think they were communicating to me was just like how entirely dependent we are on nature. That like we, like, I mean, I was just thinking like the metaphor of like being cut off at the legs. Because as a Christmas angel, you have no legs. You're just the top. And then your bottom is the tree. So just, you know, I think coronavirus is just teaching us like how inextricably connected we are to nature. And remember that like bacteria is nature too. Like mm -hmm. a virus is nature. There are natural viruses, you know? I mean, some people even called, you know, like humanity a virus on, on earth, you know? Yeah. Like there's, it's all about perspective, you know? Um, okay, so then the other thing I was shown um, was like this thick ice floor, like thick cut glass. And on the other side were like all the sick people in the world. Like I saw like hospital rooms and people in beds and this this floor, you know, it seemed really thick, but it was made of ice. And so it was like melting. And so I think one of the things that coronavirus is trying to teach us is just like how, how actually insubstantial the separation between all of us is. Like you might think that you're so separate from people because of your age or because of your privilege or, you know, because of your geography, but really we're so, we're just like on the other side of that ice wall. Like we're all so close to each other, um, which continued to be kind of shown to me because I engaged with um, something that we call the eye of time. I was taken into the eye of time. And I think for a lot of us, uh, you know, in my age group, like this is maybe the first like pandemic we're experiencing, but this is not the first pandemic that has hit the face of this world. And I think if we remember to look at everything through the eye of time, we're going to realize that there's been a lot of other, you know, things of this nature that have come and gone. We will survive this. But also the other thing that I was thinking we were being taught about the eye of time is just to look at our own lives through the eye of time, you know? And like you were talking about, like, I'm 35 years old. I'm in really good health. Like, I'm not concerned that this is going to kill me, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't behave as if I were an 80-year-old person. Because through the eye of time, it's just a snap of the fingers and I will be. And so I think if we can consider that we are not just who we are right now, but who we've been and who we're going to be, and if we can behave in that way, if we were looking at ourselves through the eye of time, we might be able to just like work together a little bit more. And I think the coronavirus is going to teach us how to see through the eye of time. That was like the big thing I think that was that was shared with me through taking this journey. And, um, and maybe that's another way we can work with anxiety, you know, like we can get into the present moment or we can zoom Google earth, you know, go all the way out, look at the future a hundred years from now, you know, get out of next month, get out of next year, 
go 40 years from now, you know? Now, for some people, that might create a lot of, that create more panic, you know? So maybe that's not the way to go. Oh, what are you talking what about? What are you talking about? The resource wars. <laughs> Where are we going to live? But for other people, it might be very comforting to think, like, the earth is still going to be here, you know? Like, we're still going to be here. There's, I believe so firmly, like, the human race is still going to be here in 40 years, in 60 yeah. years. And I think the coronavirus is teaching us how to see ourselves, our race, through the eye of time. Hmm. How to keep ourselves here through the eye of time. So I hope that's helpful. Um, I find shamanic journeying an incredibly helpful, calming, and healing practice. And I'm actually going to tack it on uh, to this month's uh, Aries season webinar. So we're going to do the webinar as usual. We'll field questions. We'll talk about the transits coming up, the new moon, the full moon. But then I'm actually going to finish the webinar by teaching everybody how to journey. And then I'm going to play the drum. And everyone's going to take a journey because this is a great skill. And once you know how to do it, you can just start doing it. And maybe this is what you could be spending these next couple of weeks learning and practicing and giving yourself another tool to connect with spirit. Like if you don't know how to connect to spirit, but you want to, if you don't know who your guides are, you know, and you want to, like this is a perfect tool to make it really real and really tangible yeah. for you. Yeah, and just so you know, uh, the Aries season webinar will be coming up on Monday, March 23rd, and that will take place at 5 p.m. That's Pacific time, so 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can find the link on how to sign up for that on our website in the webinars section. And also, while we have your attention, we just want to remind you that Tarot and Cosmos 2020 is starting on Tuesday, the 24th. We have 31 gorgeous students signed up. We've got about nine more spots. So if you would like to join us, there is still a little bit of room available. And yes, we're going to teach you everything you need to know to get going with the Tarot, but also considering what's going on in the world. I'm really going to be upping the guided meditation game. Every class is going to start with a guided meditation. They're going to be different to give you guys a bunch of different skills and tools to work with. And, you know, this is just a great way to develop global spiritual community. Question and answer. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to create a Facebook group so everyone can get to know each other a little bit more. Um, so if you have any questions, reach out. But um, please don't hesitate to sign up and join us. There is still time. Again, too, just so you know, there is a payment plan option, so you are able to space it out over the next few months as well. And we're also going to give away one free tuition to Tarot and Cosmos 2020. So in this last week, to be entered into that, what you need to do is to post the Tarot and Cosmos to your story and just write a little something about like why it would be really meaningful to you to be in the class. And then we will write all those names down on a piece of paper and we'll put them in a hat and we'll draw one winner. So um, this is just a way for you to help us get the word out there, just if there's anyone that doesn't know that this is offered and would benefit from it. But it's also a way for us to, you know, give it to somebody who would really, you know, appreciate it and can't necessarily afford it. All right. But anyhow, with everything going on, we just felt like it was a good opportunity to... I guess on some level, give a little bit of a taste of what we'll be talking about on the webinar. Uh, so let us dive into a cosmic, cosmic update. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. So as above, so below. And uh, basically what we have going on right now, I just think is really interesting given everything that's going on in the world. I mean, what's going on astrologically speaking. Um, you know, we have a lot of Capricorn energy still at play, which we talked about uh, in our very first episode of the year, the astrology of 2020. And, you which know, I will say is a really good episode to re-listen to. If you haven't listened to it, now's a really good time to check back into that episode. Yeah, I actually just re-listened to it myself, uh, just to, you know, based off of everything that's going on now, just to sort of see without knowing any of that, like how we sort of were foreseeing entering into the year. And um, yeah, it was really interesting, you know, because I think obviously we were coming from the place of like the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and Capricorn which obviously is like massive transformation. Well, we're here. Yeah, we're here, everybody. Um, because look, now we have currently Mars, we have Jupiter, we have Saturn, and we have Pluto all sitting in Capricorn. And they're all relatively bunched up together. As we're recording this now, I mean, the four of them are basically in between 19 and 29 degrees of Capricorn. So they're all within 10 degrees of each other. And you have Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto all within five degrees of each other. So you have Mars, that planet of aggression, of energy, you know, of action, of war, uh, getting shit done. You have Jupiter, who's expansive, who's like going to, you know, amplify everything that it touches and then you have Pluto, which is the planet that rules like transformation from like the deepest level, you know, like it's like that soul transformation that like seeps into our psychology, you know, and like tries to get us to shift at our deepest. So you have all three of those hanging out together right now, which I find really interesting just to think of like Mars, Pluto, you know, like Pluto, like go deeply within and transform. Yeah, like death is the archetype. Mm-hmm. You know, so, Pluto's like the god of death. Yeah, so in a way, like here we all are on some level having to march Mars deep within isolation <laughs> and it's amplified Jupiter. So it's, you know, prescribed to be weeks long. So oh, that's so interesting. You know, so here we are all kind of marching into this like, in-depth isolation and if you think about capricorn which is also a very internal energy because you know even though it is very much you know thinking about ambition and and work and the the you know like the great plan that you have for yourself and your life it is like also like the heart of winter you know like so and it's very much a spiritual energy you know like the highest vibration of capricorn is is spirit-based and sensitive. So here we are having to all sort of take this time to go deeply within and get really in touch with where do what what is the bigger picture we want to build for our lives here? And if you look at it just on a collective level, I mean, that is what we're doing here, right? We're all going deeply within as a large collective entity and saying, what are the structures we've put in place and how are they working for us or against us? On a more personal level, I mean, I think this is an opportunity to really go within and 
you know, we also have Mercury going back into Pisces on, well, technically tomorrow. So it'll be the 17th. So Mercury, you know, went into Pisces, retrograded back into Aquarius for a moment and is now stepping back into Pisces, another go within energy. And this is on a mental level, mental level. And again, also asking you to connect to spirit, to your spirit self. So I think it's really important to take this opportunity to see it as one for what is the bigger picture for my life? Pause, reflect, and know that when we have the opportunity to go back out into the world, which we will, how are we using it in a way that feels more in alignment with our greater spiritual well-being? And then you're going to have Saturn move into Aquarius. And that's going to happen on March 22nd. And that's only going to last a few months. It's going to dip its toe in and then retreat back into Capricorn in early July. Uh, and then it will start start its official time in Aquarius at the end of this year. So Saturn in Aquarius, if you think about that energy that we're now dipping into, it's taking responsibility for our role in society, in the collective. And there's a restriction element at first, right? Like when you initially enter that, it's like, I'm restricted. I feel isolated from society. I don't know how to connect. Um, there, you know, Saturn is restriction. But I think it's an opportunity for us to learn to like how to connect to each other in a way that is just more valuable for the long term of of where we're heading. Yeah, I mean, Saturn is the ruling planet of Aquarius. So right. it's not a bad thing for Saturn to be moving into Aquarius. It's just about taking responsibility. So at first you might feel restricted, but the restriction is a gateway into the responsibility you need to take so that then you feel more expansive. Because Jupiter is going to be moving into Aquarius fairly, I mean, it's going to be you know at the end of this year, next year, but it's not like, oh, Saturn and Aquarius, it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's just we have to take responsibility for it. So like if you don't know how to use FaceTime, if you've never taken, you know, a meeting on Zoom before, if you've never taken responsibility for how you connect in the world, you're going to have to now or you will feel isolated. But you don't have to. You know, like Aquarius is technology. So I also think like Saturn and Aquarius is about like how are we taking responsibility for technology? Yeah. Like how are we using it to help us? Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, like... Is your phone usage, is your news consumption, is it giving you power or is it leaking your power away? And how can you start to be the one that's in control of that and only engaging with technology in a way that's empowering you? Because Saturn just wants you to take responsibility and then Saturn's your best fucking friend. Like really. Like Saturn is not out to get you. Saturn is out to grow you all the way up. So we all got to grow up with how we are using technology now. Yeah. So, you know, just know, understand that this isn't, lightweight astrology by any means uh no, no. girl this is very heavy actually and if the gyms weren't a not safe place to be i would say like we should all be lifting weights right now totally because when you're working with saturn lifting weights really helps so maybe just do some push-ups 
Yeah. Or grab some canned beans and do some, <laughs> do some, you know, do some weight work with your canned beans. All right. Well, oh my we'll, God. We'll should try I, that. should I teach a like canned oh bean gosh. workout class? Sure. Why the hell not? Oh my God. That's so, you got time. that's so Saturn Aquarius. <laughs> Coming to you live from the spirit room. Here's a 10 minute arm routine with your canned black beans. The uh, playlist would be on point. That's true. <laughs> we all know that. Um, but yeah, in all honesty, yeah, it's there is a real intensity to everything right now. You know, all this Capricorn energy makes everything feel very heavy. You know, Capricorn is that goat trudging up the hill, you know, like hard work. Uh, but, you know, so try not to give in to the pessimism that can very easily come with a lot of that hard work and that I'm doing this all and what is it for? You know, I think ultimately Aquarian energy does want to offer us a glimpse into what is it all for? I mean, you know, what is the tarot card that astral or that Aquarius connects to? The star. So what does that teach us? The star is all about healing. It's about the cosmic realms, you know? Right. It's about taking yourself out of the immediate and putting yourself into the larger more healing waters that come, you know, after some sort of crisis or trauma. Yeah. So I think there will really be an opportunity with Saturn and Aquarius for all of us to rise up and say, how do we utilize all that we learned on our own and better the collective world? Yeah. In a way, it's like take responsibility for your healing and for your healership. Yeah. And I think, you know, hopefully what some of this just that we're dealing with is teaching us is that if we all just really take this shit seriously, we can come together and do what it takes to heal. You know, of course, you're always going to have those assholes who just don't want to be bothered. But, you know, I think ultimately those of us who care deeply about this world, each other, our connection to spirit, our connection to our highest self, we can all utilize this time to then go back out into the real world and really do what it takes to make change happen in a tangible way. Like get rid of the shit that is causing this planet pain, that is, you know, causing our governments to restrict laws for people who deserve them, all of these things. It's gonna be a very interesting, intense election season, but I hope that this Aquarian energy that that wakes up and it comes out of this whole, you know, sort of hibernation we're going to be in for a, for a moment, um, that we all step out into the world and realize that like we have a responsibility to really make this world a better place and what is our specific calling to help do that yeah like we're all in this together it's never been more clear exact and how badly have you needed in these past couple days like the smile from a stranger the kindness of somebody at the grocery store Mm -hmm. like even walk in noche this morning you know like i had a nice little chat with a woman that I'd never like really encountered in the neighborhood before. We were six feet apart, don't worry. <laughs> but you know, like yeah. we've taken our connections for granted. Totally. And now I think we're taking responsibility for our connections and realizing that we are all connected to each other through spirit. Yeah. 
Like, what do you think love is, everybody? Like, what do you think kindness is? Like, mm -hmm. it's spirit. We are spirit in form, and we connect to each other through spirit in these different ways. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do kind of a funky deep dive today, aren't we? We just wanted to get out of this like current energetic loop and just like go in a totally different direction. Yeah. So just get ready. Put on whatever you like to put on as we get ready to go into this episode's Deep, deep Dive. dive. So this week's deep dive is about readings, retrogrades, and reversals. We had received a lot of questions over you know, the last few months, year, about retrogrades, about reversals, which is basically like when a card comes in upside down. And we also thought that as professional readers, we could just talk a little bit about like what is a reading, and what is it like to give a reading and to receive a reading, and just that whole world. Because for maybe a lot of you, you've never received a reading before, and you're like, what is a tarot reading? What happens? What is... An astrology chart reading what happens and so we just wanted to demystify that and it's just kind of a fun subject that can kind of break out of the heaviness that we've been spending the last 30 40 minutes talking about because it's fun giving readings getting readings is fun it's a great way to expand your perception of yourself and it's also a great way as a reader to expand your perception of how you receive messages and deliver them i think angel and i can both say with confidence that like the more readings we give, the better we get at them because it's how you work that muscle. So I guess I would start by asking you, babe, like what is a reading? A reading is a one-on-one -on -one session with someone who wants to connect with spirit and inquire about the state of their lives or a specific question that they have going on right now. And it can, you know, come through the form of many different like divination tools, whether that be something physical like the, tar the tarot or astrology or runes or even just like clairvoyance, clairaudience, things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially like you let yourself be read. Your energy is being read. For filth. <laughs> Sometimes. But it's also how you get some perspective because when you're in your life, it's difficult to get the bird's eye view sometimes. And so you go to somebody else, which is why a lot of readers go like, it's really hard for me to read for myself. You know, like that's an art. Mm -hmm. You got to practice that. Yeah. And it's why like people like Angel and I also go and get readings from other people because it's great to have somebody else give us some perspective that we can't always get. Yeah. I think it's definitely helpful in the beginning when you're first learning how to like read tarot cards or astrology to obviously use yourself to some degree. Um, but it is ultimately better to start to practice with other people because that way you don't have that filter, you know, that emotional filter that can yeah. sometimes come with reading for yourself. And that's why when I give readings, I like to know as little as possible going in because I don't want to try to be right. So like oh, if yeah. I know you, you know, too well, then I'm going to try to like understand what the messages are as opposed to just delivering the messages and letting them land how they will. Um, so usually when people get a read with me, I go like, don't tell me anything. Let me go for a little bit. And then we can start to refine based on what you've heard. So um, how do you prepare for a reading? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I don't do anything without calling in the spirits. That's number and how one. How does that work for you? Well, I call in the spirits in different ways, depending on what I'm doing. Like if I'm doing shamanic work, then I'm going to call in the spirits in like the full scale, like six act 
play, you know, where mm-hmm. I just like, I call in every single spirit with whom I work, all the directions, I shake my rattles, like it's, it's a full scale assault. But if I'm just doing a tarot reading, then, you know, I just like open up the space, I light some candles, I get quiet and centered. And there's just one spirit I work with when I do tarot readings. So the most important thing for me when I give tarot readings is A, is permission. And this is actually something that we'll talk about in class, but that I don't see a lot of tarot readers doing, which is asking permission of the client to make sure you have permission to read their cards. Because the thing about asking permission is not only is it important for you, but also when you grant someone permission, you open up. So there's a lot of times that people like think they're open for a reading, but they're not. They're really closed, you know? But if you ask someone for permission and they grant you that permission, it's just, sometimes it just opens up the door a crack and they're a lot more accessible, you know, because I can only read you as much as you want to be read. So asking permission is a really great way. And I ask three permissions always. I ask for permission to read the cards. I ask for permission to receive any other messages that are relevant at this time, because sometimes things just come in not connected to the cards. And then I ask for permission to merge with the divination spirit that I work with. Because anytime I work with a spirit, I need I need permission from you because I'm transmitting it to you. So that's kind of how I prepare. And I do that the same when I give astrology readings too. I have a different spirit of divination I work with for those readings, but I ask for permission to read the chart. I ask for permission to receive any other messages coming through at that time and ask for permission to merge with the divination spirit. And then in the same way that I like prepare for the beginning of the reading, there's also, you know, like something... I, you know, do at the end of every reading to like close the space down and cut those cords and make sure right. that I'm not like carrying your energy with me into the rest of the day, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and things are a little different too, like based on in-person or remote. Like if you're here in person, I let you pick the cards with your hands. So I don't actually call in your, you know, guides or helping spirits because you're here and they're with you and you can pick the cards of your own. But if I'm working with you remotely and I'm picking the cards for you, then I do, you know, call in all of your helping and healing spirits, all of your guides as well. Of course, I ask permission to do this as well because I'm asking them to work with my spiritual support system so that the right cards can be chosen through me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it And it works incredibly. Like remote readings are just as powerful as in-person readings. It's really incredible how that works. And frankly, as an Aquarius, I believe that like there's like all of time and space is happening at once. So it's like whether you're in Australia or you're here in my room, like we're all here together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how things get set up and then how things get broken down. Hmm. What about you? How do you open and close space for readings? Well, when I'm working with an astrology client, I, yeah, if it's in person, I like to same sort of set the intention for the space, um, spend some time in the space um, using uh, like Palo Santo. I like to cleanse the space, uh, invite in any energy that is here for the client's healing. Um, I have a few guides, angels, gods that I work with who I like to invoke for it. And then I really like to sit in silent meditation for as much time as I have available to me. And in that space, I'm usually connecting myself to my guides. I'm connecting myself to my connection to cosmic consciousness and, you know, asking to have my, uh, greater astrological wisdom filtered through me and to use me as a vessel for these readings. I'm very much about cutting the cords of my own ego before I go into a reading because I don't want to bring any of that into this into the reading with the person. Um, and then similar to you, 
I like to yeah get permission to invite in their guides, angels, ancestral helping spirits uh, into the space as well to offer any messages that want to come through me for them, you know, to sort of serve the highest good of that of that person. And, you know, I always ask to open up their heart, their mind, their spirit up to this reading in a way that will, you know, make them their most joyful, loving self, because that is what I'm here to do, to be present to that experience for them. Um, and yeah, and then I, I don't like to look at the chart in advance. Uh, for me, I like to just dive right into the energy of the person, because uh, there is, for me, very much like a clairvoyant element to it all, too. You know, a lot of it for me is what's on the page, but then also what I'm feeling and interpreting. And sometimes two different people will have the, a very similar configuration, but I will intuit something. I will intuit it in a very different way, depending on the person. Yeah. Um, I always think of like an astrology chart, like a, like a scrying pool. Mm -hmm. That's like an oracle that you gaze into, you know? Yeah. So when you kind of look at it with your third eye from a less logical perspective, it's amazing like what you see. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's basically what I do. And then, yeah, to close it out, I mean, yeah, I have this fabulous selenite, selenite wand that I use to just cut the cords of everyone and everything involved and cleanse my energetic space and go on with my day and noche he also <laughs> is always very involved in the readings oh he is like i'd say out of like 100 readings he's in the room for like 99 of them totally like just holding down the space yeah sometimes being a cuddle bug to the person yeah sometimes sometimes <laughs> yeah. like he literally sat on the cards this morning i was like oh giving gosh. a remote reading and at one point he literally just came down and like sat on the spread of course and i was like oh well noche's blessing your cards <laughs> or taking a nap but yeah, and I, I just think the whole experience of it is really interesting, you know, like it's been the most rare gift that I've received in this life to be able to hold space with people in readings and, you know, offer them like a place to open themselves up to their most vulnerable self. And uh, I think, yeah, like you said, over time, I feel like I've just, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say I've gotten better at it, but I think like it's, you know, the channels become a little clearer. Well, that's it, right? Like without, like I said, I don't do anything without calling in the spirits first because it's not me. It's the spirits. Yeah. But the more gratitude we give to them, the more disciplined we are in our relationships with them, the better things go. Yeah. So for me, it's like super sacred to like do that. It's harder for me to just kind of like pull a chart out and be like, hey girl, let me talk about it. No, totally. Then that feels like a little parlor tricky to me. And yeah, like, it cheapens it. Yeah, whereas I really like to like invite someone into the space, you know, like even in the past I used to like, when I was working full time at a production company, I used to go do readings for clients like at my lunchtime at this hotel, like poolside over lunch with these like agents and like executives and, you know, pretty actresses and like it was like such a weird thing like to think back now that like because I would get there early and like sit and like literally be like trying to like 
open up space like in a somewhat crowded outdoor restaurant <laughs> like a sceny poolside yeah it felt so kind of ridiculous i mean it was so la yeah. right but now i like would never want to do that now i'm like you got to come to this space because now too i like i don't even like to go to people's homes and do it as much because you know unless i can go there and they're going to really allow me a space to like turn it into something but for the most part yeah i want people to come here i want them to get out of their environment because it's easy for them to just kind of stay in their own headspace if they're in their space as sure. opposed to like coming into this whole other realm and like having to make themselves even more, more vulnerable to yeah. the truths that want to come through. Totally. Although I've done a couple of like even recently I've done a couple of like birthday parties or like baby showers where I've given just like 20, you know, five minute readings mm-hmm. in, you know, like three hours or whatever. But as long as you know how to open up sacred space, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. And that's the thing. All space is sacred. It's just waiting for you to acknowledge it, to call forth the inherent sacredness of it. So if it's a backyard, if it's a restaurant, if it's poolside, I'm sure the spirits (laughs) of the land right there were like fucking thrilled that somebody was acknowledging them. Totally. You know? So don't feel hemmed in. You know, like you can make a bus stop sacred by just acknowledging like who is here you know is there a tree is there a plant do i feel a presence here oh yeah you know i mean the craziest place i probably did readings was in the back of a gay bar in hell's kitchen in new york i was like uh, i was doing mostly tarot readings then but i was like doing tarot readings at the back of this place called hannah's lava lounge oh where my i gosh. tried to be a bartender for maybe two weeks and the manager who was my friend's sister was like uh honey you need to get out from behind that bar. What else can you do? Oh <laughs> and I was gosh. like, I can read tarot. And she was like, awesome. And like set me up in the back corner and I, I would just like that. do these readings on Saturday nights for people. And it was great, but it was so crazy to like be trying to like hold space for these like readings. And I mean, I did them. Yeah. I did them in gay bars all around, mostly when I was in New York, like, I mean, doing readings like at the hole in, <laughs> in the Lower East Side is like, a crazy thing, but girls got to eat. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But anyhow, I think it's something we can definitely dive into further in future episodes. Yeah. And if you have questions about readings, yeah. you know, either from the perspective of getting a reading or giving a reading, we can always do a part two. Yeah. All right. So now talking a little bit about retrogrades and reversals and retrogrades and reversals really pair nicely with each other because yeah. they're kind of the same expression of a different thing. Like when a card's upside down or a planet appears to be moving backwards, they're really inviting us into a similar understanding of the energy. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk a little bit about reversals and Angel will talk a little bit about retrogrades. Fabs. So listen, (laughs) every reader is going to work with reversals differently. So you are getting the Brandon Alter reversal sermon here, okay? Spell it, girl, spell it. I do not believe that when a card comes in upside down, it is the opposite of the card. I think that's a trick. And the tarot isn't trying to play a trick. So it's like if the sun, you know, in the direct position means like everything's groovy, kindness and joy. The reverse of the sun does not mean meanness and sadness. Like that's, that's, I don't think it works that way. You heard it here first. I think first and foremost, a reversal is reading you. A reversal comes in upside down to go, hey, girl, slow down. The way you are expecting this energy to show up 
is not the way it's going to show up, but it's still the energy. A reversal adds a layer of complexity to the cards themselves. Mm. So I always think a reversal is basically saying like, yo, yo, you're not neutral here. You're either pushing or pulling, meaning you're either in resistance around the energy of the card or you're in desperation, you're clinging, you know? I had a friend once say like a reversal is like an exclamation point. It's just coming in to get your attention because you need it really badly. And if it came in direct, you would just take it for granted. Right. And Anne Orderly, who we love, talks about it as like a kid in the like a sleeping kid in the backseat. Like mm-hmm. if you don't turn around, right. if you don't give it the time and give it its due, you may miss it. So sometimes it's a little bit more subtle. Sometimes it's a little sneaky. I've also even said like, sometimes it's just like the same pop star, but like in a wardrobe or a style you wouldn't expect. Like when Kylie Minogue came out with her country album and it was still so Kylie Minogue, but you were like, wait, country? Like you're a pop star. Right. Or like Joanne. Oh yeah. When Gaga did Joanne. It's a reversal. Girl, where do you think you're going is such a reversal. Totally. Like statement. It reverses your expectations. But it's still Gaga. It's still Kylie Minogue. It's still the sun. God, they all did country. Madonna did country. I mean... Miley did country. Well, Miley's, Miley is country. I guess she is country. But she also did... A, I guess she did hip-hop, and everyone's like, what are you doing? Well, that was a reversal. <laughs> so, you know, reversals are challenging because they're not as clear. You have to meditate on them, and they're going to mean a different thing based on the person that's being read. Right. And some readers don't even work with reversals and that's okay too. But for me, having read the cards as long as I've read them, like reversals are exciting for me. I also sometimes think of a reversal like like a headstand in yoga. Like you're inverting yourself. You're like the hanged man card. You're upside down. So you're seeing the card from a different perspective. So that's why I think the reversal always goes back to the person being read. It's the same energy. It's the same card, but you're upside down. You're resisting. You're clinging. You are in some way not fully in right relationship with the card. Yeah, for me, I stopped reading with reversals uh, and I actually would turn them sideways because I always then looked at them as like it was stifled energy. Like it's that it's still the same energy, but it's like clogged, Hmm. you know? So it was like, it's almost like, like if, you know, if you were putting something down a pipe, it like got stuck sideways Mm -hmm. and like clogged the pipe. Yeah. You know? So it was like, that's how you kind of had to like look at the energy of that card. Like, how are you, you know, stifled to this energy that wants to come through for you? And a retrograde planet, do you feel like there's an element of stifling that comes along with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think even if you just look at a Mercury retrograde energy, it is a, well, it's twofold, right? Because you either have like the transit, which is when Mercury is going through the sky, what we just experienced, which was a Mercury retrograde for everyone. But people are also born during a retrograde phase. And so then that is energy that is just a part of your natal makeup you know so i think if you're born with a planet uh during a retrograde phase then you can experience some of that you know from like a stifled place you know if you were born during a mercury retrograde you might find yourself um, needing to take a little more time before you actually communicate clearly what it is you're trying to say you know sure which is a great thing for everyone to look at in their chart like do you have any planets retrograde at the moment of your birth 
Exactly. Like Venus retrograde at birth. Like I always felt like there's a little bit of like a late bloomer in when it comes to relationships. Mm, cute. You know, like it takes you a little longer to really get an understanding of how your relationship energy wants to express. You know? But you still bloom, girl. You still bloom. Um, you just have a little bit more trial and error to go through than maybe the others. Yeah. And I think when you have just a general retrograde energy, the energy of that sign can sometimes be stifled. Obviously, it depends. You know, if it's a Gemini Mercury retrograde, then yeah. I mean, a bitch just wants to chat, wants to talk, but can almost feel like their words are jumbling all over each other. Sure. So I think it just sometimes depends too on the sign and the relationship that whatever planet is retrograding has to that sign. Yeah. I think too, retrograde planets are kind of like more intimate more like under the cover relationships. Mm -hmm. Like when a planet's retrograde, you are kind of having like a like midnight meetup with the planet. Ooh. You know, like under the cover of darkness and nobody really sees it. And it's like a very intimate, almost hidden relationship, you know? She's a midnight meetup. Oh. Looking is that our first single? <laughs> is that a real song? And it is now. Oh my gosh, it's so good. On our first album. She's a midnight <laughs> meetup. Looking, looking for love. Looking for love. Now available on iTunes <laughs> and anywhere your music is sold. Not available anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel you. And I actually just checked my chart because I... Because you're an Aries and it's all about you. Thank you. You can all tune out now because I'm just going to talk about myself for 25 minutes. Uh, but no, basically, I remembered that I did have a Venus retrograde. Oh, you did? Yeah, bitch. How do you oh, think I figured oh out gosh. the whole late bloomer thing? Wow. You really did. So you just read yourself a film. Because I literally was. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was born with Venus, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto all retrograde. Oh, girl. That explains a lot. How dare you? I was only born with Pluto and the North Node retrograde. Well, that explains a lot because you're basic. How dare you? <laughs> Touche. Uh, no. Well, we both have Pluto retrograde. I mean, but that's fair because a lot of people do. It's, it's like 50-50, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of retrogrades you know, can be challenging You know, to have that in your natal chart because it does slow down some of that direct energy yeah that wants to happen but it also you. innovates it yes so that's the other thing about a retrograde or a reversal is that it's a new way of thinking about the energy right it's just a way it hasn't come through before and that's what's exciting about it which is why i wanted us to do a little episode on reversals and retrogrades because these are things that people are like oh no a retrograde or oh no the cards come in upside down but it's like no it can be good yeah it can be fucking exciting yeah. so don't get it twisted. Give those reversals and those retrogrades some love. Yeah. I mean, they're ultimately invitations for like greater personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. Like greater self-awareness. And a deeper understanding. Yeah. Less basic. More you complex. special. 
Um, all right. So, you know, this isn't a supersized episode because what else have you got to do? You what know? else do we got to do? We're just, you know, like washing ditch- dishes. You know, we're just washing dishes and cuddling with Noche and recording supersized episodes for you. Girl, I'm about to go take a bath and take a nap. Oh, that sounds nice. I'm going to go that's, walk that's the I dog need. before this rain comes down. Because while I like to stand out in the rain, Noche does not. Hell no. Or he'll put his coat on. Oh, his little raincoat. His little bumblebee raincoat. All right, girl. Okay, so we're going to transition into pulling a card for the episode here. So just take a moment. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Connect to the cards by hearing me shuffle them. And just reaching into the spirit of these cards and letting them know if you have a question, if there's a particular realm you're looking for some information. But knowing that no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode, you are going to get the message that you need for your current place and time. So the card that was asked to be shared at this time is the Six of Cups reversed. Oh, shit. So sixes in the tarot are expansions. They are connected to Jupiter in some ways, right? They grow us. And the Six of Cups is growing the heart. And I really connect the Six of Cups to the card of healing. So if the star is like the major arcana version of healing, the six of cups is the minor arcana version of healing. And in the reversed, it would just say either we are all experiencing a resistance to our own healing or we're innovating our healing at this time. So here's what I think. I think this whole episode that we are all facing right now is an invitation into deeper healing. And it takes a global sickness to incite global healing. So if you can take these next few weeks and work with the Six of Cups and expand your heart and also heal backwards in order to grow forwards. The Six of Cups in some interpretations is about like nostalgia and childhood, but I think it's in childhood, it's in our earlier years where we get those seeds of trauma planted that end up kind of thwarting or warping our growth as we become adults. So we have to go backwards in order to heal those things so that we can move forwards unencumbered. So at this time, I would just encourage you, like we talked about, to get quiet, to get still. You have time. You have space. Even if you live in a studio apartment, there's still sacred space around you. Find a free breathwork class online. Start pulling cards for yourself. Take a bath journal, engage with your own healing as if your life depended on it. Because I think right now we can either pay attention to the sickness or we can pay attention to the healing that's always available for us. And one way that maybe we can innovate the Six of Cups, right, because it's in the reverse position, is we can innovate our own healing by remembering that we do it together. Like, I'm responsible for my healing and you're responsible for your healing, but there's also something powerful that happens when we're all doing it together. 
Like if you've ever meditated by yourself and then you've meditated with like a group of people, you feel the power of that, that collective intention. So what if just like everybody listening to this show set the collective intention that for the next three weeks, we're all really going to focus on our personal healing and how that intention for ourselves personally would actually empower everyone involved. That's the power of the group. That's the power of the collective. Or, you know, we can all just like, you know, freak out and buy too much toilet paper. Freak out. Lose your shit. Freak out. That was great, babe. No, you know what? That was like such an echo of the reading that I had yesterday from Miss Harriet and the Star. Oh, Harriet and the Star. She's a wise sage. She is. And a gorgeous one. And I'm going to go within and I got to heal my fucking childhood traumas. Got to take it all the way back to the root. Girl, the root of the root. Oh my goodness. But that's so true, I think. And I think you're right. This is, I mean, what we talked about in the cosmic update and, you know, Mercury back in Pisces, like it's all just like a time to go within, get in touch with your healing. And yeah, like from a soul level, eh? Things are falling apart into place, babies. Freak out. Freak out. All right. right, We are obsessed with you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so excited about the way that the podcast is growing and our offerings are growing and we're getting to see some of your faces and you're getting to see our faces. And it's just a very exciting time. And I think it's the perfect time for all of this to be happening. So please help us to continue to grow the podcast, share it, rate us, uh, leave us a review, you know, tell your friends to listen to an episode. Um, and, uh, as always, thank you for your engagement with us. We're so grateful for it. And being able to be of service to all of you yeah, means a lot. And you can always find us at The Spiritual Gaze on Instagram, Spiritual Gaze on Twitter, or at The Spiritual Gaze on Facebook. Or go to our gorgeous website where you can find everything you need to know about everything we're doing, thespiritualgaze.com. Yeah, you can chat with us there. You can also send us an email at thespiritualgaze at gmail.com. And like, you know, as we said earlier, we have uh, webinars in our Tarot and Cosmos class coming up, and I'm sure we'll also be popping up more on Instagram or Instagram TV or Instagram Live over the next couple of weeks because we out here yeah, and we want to be connecting with you all. So also, if there's anything you would love for us to do, please feel free to reach out and let us know. And most importantly, be, please be taking care of yourselves, be staying healthy Stay within, stay inside. Yeah, stay inside. Except, take care of others. You know, for your going outside once a day to take a little hike or a walk in nature. Yeah, well, and if you have to go get some sort of provisions or something, please do so. Just do so mindfully. Don't touch your face. Don't touch anyone else's face. Oh, and sign up for our newsletter. Oh, yeah. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter. You can do it on the website. Terascopes are going to be going out, you know, imminently. So make sure you're on the on the newsletter for that. Yes, but we hold you all in our hearts and in our spirits, and we wish you well. And until next time, time. this has been your transit through the the spiritual game.